Hey everybody, Jeremiah Richards, Mountain Man Survival. All right, hopefully, hopefully, I can get the rest of this story in this podcast. But this story keeps getting longer. It's funny, the farther I dive into this, it is like, dude, running down the rabbit hole. It's never ending. And I, I, dude, I kid you not. Okay, so, you know, we talked about what happened the following year. Now I'm out on this reunion. Told you what happened to my son. I told you what uh, the camp across the river was like. I told you about my cousin that, you know, that was out peeing and he had that thing chase him, whatever the hell it was. You know, it's just, dude, this is where we're at, right? Um, the sheriff never came up for that camp. No one ever showed up. That was across the river that was destroyed. So, if you, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go back and listen to this story from the beginning because it will not make any sense to you. It doesn't make any sense to me now, and I'm the one telling it. You know, that's how it's just so stinking weird. Okay, so... um, The next day, uh, you know, we're we're doing stuff. You know, we ride the river. You know, we go down the Green River. We cave in. You know, we did all sorts of stuff around there. But the teenagers decided that they wanted to go check out this camp. So they went over there and wandered around for the woods and they went for a hike and stuff. Well, they ended up coming back on the far side of this camp. And uh, when they were coming back, they come across a grave site. And they come back to camp, and they and my daughter's like, "Dad, Dad, we found a gravesite. You know, it's a fresh gravesite." And I'm going, "Oh hell!" You know, I'm like, "This, this can't get any weirder." Why? I'm like, "Show me." So they go over and they show it to me, and I'm like, "That's the size of a little kid's grave." And I'm like, "Where in the hell is this freaking sheriff?" You know, and. Uh, I'm like, this is messed up. And my kids are like, we got to dig it up, Dad. We got to dig it up and see what's in it. And I'm like, I ain't digging up no grave. You don't know what's in it. And I'm thinking about it. I'm just like, you don't know what's in it. We have this abandoned campsite that is just destroyed. And there's a grave on the edge of the meadow that's fresh. So I told them, I says... Take pictures. Take pictures of everything. Take pictures of the grave beforehand. Take pictures of everything. Dig it up. You know, you guys do it. I want nothing to do with it. Come get me if it's a person. You know, there's a human in there. So they go back and get shovels and I leave. And uh, they start yelling for me. Dad, 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 get over here. And I'm going, oh crap, they found a person. So I jump on the four-wheeler. You know, and I run down the road and across the bridge, you know, to get around the river and get back into that camp. 
And they have dug down and they found a baby blanket. Oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And uh, they're like, what do we do? It's a baby blanket. Oh, I'm going to get nauseous just thinking about it. And I'm like, well, you got to... Sorry, excuse me. For some reason, the odor comes back. The memory. Um, I said, take pictures of the blanket, you know, open it up, see if it's got human flesh. They opened it up and it was a dog. And uh, by this time, half the teenagers are vomiting. I'm dry heaving. I'm dry heaving right now just thinking about it. Don't ever dig up a dead dog. It, oh, it's, it's, it's not for me. So I tell them to bury it. And uh, I had, my son Gage was there, and he's like, Dad, let's go ride the four-wheeler. And I'm like, all right. So we went up into the forest. There's some old roads up there. So we went in the forest, and uh, we went up just kind of exploring a little bit. And uh, we got to a point where I needed to turn around, you know, and so I turned around, and my son was sitting in front. And he had, he was driving, you know, I was sitting on the back, you know, I'm on my big four-wheeler, it's got, you know, a chair rest in the back for the back person and stuff, you know, and uh, I'm having a great time, you know, whatever. Well, it gets to where there's a lot of ruts in the road, and so I took over driving. So he's still sitting in the front, and he puts his arms up on my arms like I'm an armchair, you know, and he's just hanging out and I'm going slow through these ruts and we're going through the thick trees and he's looking around, you know, I'm just looking forward, I'm just looking forward at the ruts and all of a sudden he like digs his fingernails into me and he goes, dad, back up, back up, back up. And I'm like, what, what, you know, and I'm going like two miles an hour because the road's so rough. So I reach down, throw it in reverse. I back up and I'm like, what? And I'm looking around and he goes, right there. And I look over to the right and there's a face. There is a freaking face. Dude. It was gray. It was the color of a dead tree with no bark on it. It was covered in hair, and it looked half monkey, half human. That's the only way I can explain it. And it was looking like it was looking around at a tree, or from around a, you know, the backside of a tree, and then it would suck its head back, and then it would peek out again at us. And I'm going, what in the hell is this? So I start yelling, you know, cause I can, I'm not that far from this camp that was destroyed. And my, my daughter and a bunch of teenagers are down there and Mock is down there. You know, my future son-in-law's down there. <clears throat> and I just said, get up here now, everybody, now. So they come running up. And when they come running up, this thing turns and books it into the forest and it's just it's like a bulldozer's going through the forest and so they all get up and i'm off the four-wheeler i've got my rifle i had my rifle on my uh, gun rack on my four-wheeler 
and I had uh, uh, a pretty good sized handgun on my hip and uh, I handed my handgun to my son-in-law, future son-in-law. No, he had his gun. I handed my handgun to uh, Maka and I grabbed my rifle and I says, it went that way. So we went towards it. Everybody's just kind of sticking together. You know, we're all freaked out. My son, he refuses to be in front. He's like in the back of the pack, you know, looking around people. And we start going into the forest. And we get so far in, we probably get 30, 40 yards in. And uh, the forest just explodes. And it sounds like something's just destroying the forest, but it's running away from us. And we all just stopped. And I'm like... I'm going back to camp. I'm done with this. You know, this thing is so big that... Dude, it could, it could rip your head off and squeeze it like a zip. And there's not a dang thing you would do you could do about it. So, we go back to camp. Okay? And... Uh, we eat dinner and you know we're all just everybody's just kind of weirded out you know by this time we're leaving the next day um we leave we leave camp oh wait a second no I forgot to tell you some stuff so the next day um, my friend Maka's mom Monica wanted to go for a walk she wanted to go for a walk and just see the forest and just see stuff you know and so we went down the road away from camp and there's this great big meadow that has uh, a giant lily pad pond in it and so we went there, we drove the four-wheelers over to it, you know, and we were we were hanging out there and we were walking around in the forest. And we find structures is the best way to put it. It some knocked down trees, but they were stacked. They 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 weren't falling on each other, and you could see where the bottom of it had been kind of cleared out, you know, so some could get up underneath it. So you know, I just you look at it, and you're like, well, that's kind of interesting. Well, as we kept walking, you know, around the meadow, we noticed how the further down the meadow we got, you couldn't get into the trees because. There was a bunch of deadfall weaved in between the outer logs like somebody or something had built a fence, a barricade. You know, I mean, you had to climb over it and it was probably four foot tall. It, you know, in some places it was taller, but literally the, the logs were like piled on top of each other. 
And we're looking at this and we're like, well, that's weird. You know, I can understand a few logs falling in the same direction, but this went on for probably about a city block is the best way to explain it. And you're like, that's kind of interesting. And then we get, you know, we're walking all the way around this great big uh, lily pad pond and it's, it's, it's pretty good size. And uh, we come across these trees that it's almost like, I want to say like somebody took a really fat knife, but it, and I'm talking like quarter inch thick blade and made cuts around halfway of the tree. But they started at the roots and they were about two inches apart and they went all the way up into the tree, like 15 feet up into the tree. And I've got pictures of this stuff. But here's the funny thing. It all starts in one general area on the side of the tree and it goes halfway around and stops. Now, you know, I, I'm looking at this and I'm going, well, that could be a type of beetle or bug or something like that. But here's the weird thing. This is the part that kind of makes me go, that is just weird. It goes and it'll go to a branch and then stop. And then right on the other side of the branch, it'll start again and go around. That's what's so interesting. And they're not, I mean, they're pretty straight, but they're jagged, you know, so it'll go down and up and down and up. Like something has like massive claws, but they're going from side to side. And it doesn't go all the way around the tree. Does that make sense? And I'm going, this is, this is weird. And there were trees all over in this area that were like this. And so, you know, we're, we're walking back into the forest and we're looking and I come across a, a, a live pine tree that was probably seven inches in diameter straight through. And you go up, it was about six foot up. It was like something literally just peeled the bark right off of it all the way around but rolled up the bark and sat it to the side. The bark was rolled up, sitting there on the side of the freaking tree. What the hell does that? I mean, seriously. I don't even know how you would peel the bark like that without using a knife or something to peel that bark off. But number one, why would you peel it off? Number two, if you went to all that work to peel it off, why would you leave the bark just laid there rolled up? You know, I was thinking, man, someone's trying to build a boat or something. You know, I've heard of birch bark boats and stuff like that, or or bowls or plates, something where they use where they use bark. But this thing was fresh. It had it had runny sap running out of it. I mean, it had to have been done within a day or two of us finding it. That's how fresh it was. And you know, um, if you peel the bark off of a tree like that, it kills the tree. 
because all the nutrients nutrients and that kind of stuff travels in between the wood and the bark so it kills trees you can go out and, and put a ring around the, the trunk of a tree take the bark off and it'll kill the tree so um it was it was weird and this was probably i want to say 30 feet off into the woods from the meadow and i'm looking at that and i've got pictures of it and then i'm looking we're looking around and walking and you know and at this time there's uh, there's four of us together my friend monica her son maka and uh my future son-in-law rj and me and we're walking through the fort and we're just looking at everything you know we're on high alert we're we're we are like detectives in the forest you know none of us have ever seen anything like this well i come across this giant x and you're like x the best way to explain it is it was a giant x something took two trees and made a giant x in the forest and you're thinking well what's the big deal about that trees fall over all the time and the chances of two trees falling over in the forest and getting hung up in trees and making an x is pretty high i agree completely i agree 100 percent. but here's the thing when that happens you know um there's usually like a root ball or the bottom of the tree rotted off these trees were about i want to say between six to eight inches in diameter straight through but they were busted at the bottom there was no root ball something busted these trees off and then put them in this area we couldn't find the other part of the trees and the tree the logs themselves were probably 30 foot long 30 foot long we couldn't find the bottom of these trees whatever did this put those trees there and they were perfectly situated in an x this is the kind of stuff that we found the next day so this is you know that morning and we just got <laughs> we got to the point where it was just time to go so we ended up leaving okay we went back to camp got packed up that kind of stuff we all said our goodbyes and we left right drive home no big deal you know everything's good well the following week okay the following week you know i'm back out in the city and i thought this is this has been the weirdest craziest week of my life you know everything that i was told didn't exist that you grow up thinking that doesn't exist exists you know i dude you could have a flying saucer come down out of the sky right now and little green men come out and i'd say yep i believe it you, you, does, does that make sense it's because it's all on the same stinking realm at least that's what i thought so i called the ashley national forest 
in Bernal, Utah. And uh, I tell the guy, I say, hey, I need to talk to somebody. I, uh, I ran into some stuff up on the mountain and uh, I need to talk to somebody in charge. I want to find out what's going on. And this guy on the other end of the line, you know, I wasn't trying to be rude to him or disrespectful like he couldn't help me, but I didn't want to talk to just some Joe Blow. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to talk to somebody that actually knew what the hell they were doing. And uh, the guy goes, what do you want to talk about? And I says, well, I, I, I saw something that I, it's kind of wigged me out. And the guy goes, I am so sick and tired of you people calling me. He goes, there is no such thing as a Sasquatch. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of blown away a little bit. I'm kind of taken back. And I said, excuse me, sir. I never said anything about a Sasquatch. And he says, well, he goes Bigfoot then. And I says, I never said anything about a Bigfoot either. I says, all I said was I saw something weird and I wanted to talk to somebody about it. And I go, how many people are calling you about Sasquatch or Bigfoot? And this SOB freaking forest guy, you know, I love the forest, but um, these government agencies, I'm sorry. I'm so, uh, they think they're all high and mighty and they think they're better than everybody. And they think we're all just a bunch of ignorant freaking hillbillies running around the forest in bare feet, breeding like rabbits. Well, we're not. Um, so he tells me, he says, he goes, I've been getting between six to eight phone calls a week for the past four months. He goes, I'm tired of it. He goes, this is stupid. And I'm kind of blown away. And so I finally says, you know, sir, I go, what's stupid is you're getting all these reports from all these different people of what they're seeing in the forest, and all you can do is yell at them and tell them that they're stupid. I go, you're freaking stupid because you don't get off your dang butt and go figure it out. And I hung up on him. I was so pissed. So apparently, there's something up in the high Uinas in Utah. All right. That's the end of this weekend. But there's more. There's a lot more. Okay, guys. <clears throat> I do apologize for having to take so long to get this last part of this story. Like I said earlier, this story just keeps getting longer and longer. And I'm... I go out in the woods now and I am on high alert and I'm, I'm noticing so much stuff, so much stuff that I never would have even batted an eye at before. So I'm going to, we're going to end what the hell's in the woods with this story because there's, 
there's so much I've got to talk to you guys about. There's been so many times that I've just picked up my phone to to make a recording to tell you what the you know what the hell is going on. You know what's what's happening, but but uh, yeah. But I, I've been telling myself I got to finish this other story, and so I do apologize. It's taken so long, so we're going to end this, but we're going to keep it going and I think it's just going to be the segment called what the hell's in the woods because I was out this last Saturday and I went for a ride on my mule I was all by myself and I come across a carcass and it looked like a cow a moo cow carcass but here's the thing it was down in the bottom of this draw the legs were gone the head was gone the hide or the skin was gone and you're thinking okay well so what there's a there's a carcass but here's the thing it was gutted but all the meat was still there it's almost like somebody took it out of the butcher shop you know, out of the slaughterhouse and took it way up in the mountains down in the ravine and laid it down in the bottom of this ravine. And left it. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but that just, that's just weird to me. That's unnatural because, you know, in the place I was at, yes, there's lots of bears and stuff. I've seen them up there. I ran into them. You know, there's bears and stuff. There are predators, there's cats, there's there's all sorts of stuff up there. But here's the deal, when a predator kills an animal, they don't dehide it. You know, they don't take the hide off and then leave with it. They don't gut it and then take the guts. They don't cut the legs off and take the legs I mean they just start eating you know and yeah they they usually dive into the intestines first and eat that first and you'll have uh, the scavenger birds they'll tear into it you know and the heads always there and all these things I don't know it's just it's just weird it's just weird it's almost like something I know what it was took the blinders off me and now it's like a whole new world so we're gonna keep what the hell is in the woods going because <sighs> what the hell's in the woods <laughs> you, you know what I mean it's what do you what do you what is out there and I, I think it's good for you, for everybody to know what I'm running into. You know, I'm not scared of the woods. I love the forest. I love the outdoors. But the way that I conduct myself in the woods is 100% different. 100%. And... You might say you're paranoid. 
Now, I'm not paranoid. I'm aware of my surroundings and I'm acting accordingly. If that makes sense. I used to carry just a little, you know, just a little varmint rifle and a little varmint pistol with me. And that's not the case anymore. Now I carry a large pistol and a large rifle. You know? And yeah. I enjoy what I do. I'm not letting this take it away from me. I am fascinated with it. But you have to be smart. So, all right, everybody. This is Jeremiah Richards, Mountain Man Survival. I'm going to end this podcast. Shoot me out a, a an email at mountainmansurvival32. If you've got some experiences that you want to share, I'd love to have you guys on the podcast. I do appreciate all the feedback that I get. I actually got an email from a gentleman last week, and it just it put a smile on my face all day long. Just just knowing that he's liking what I have to say, you know. So shoot me out an email. I'd love to hear from you, mountainmansurvival32 at gmail.com. And uh, I'll see you on the next one, guys.